What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down an interesting trade brought up by Beecher Report in which the Bulls will trade for Isaac Okoro. We'll get into all that, plus dive back into the mailbag on today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, family, you can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me on Chicago Bulls Central, and I appreciate you guys. And so before we get back into the mailbag for the second time this weekend, we do have a trade that was presented by Bleacher Report. And I guess this is also a way of getting into the mailbag as well, because actually a couple of you guys uh, sent me DMs uh, asking about what I thought about this trade. So I figured I'd bring that to the show as well. And so Bleacher Report did this article in which it was one trade for every team to make before the opening of training camp. And so what they presented in this was Isaac Okoro for Kobe White in the 2026 second round and a 2027 second round pick. And so this brings an interesting bit of perspective in this. Um, and I'm going to talk about the both how this could work for the Bulls, how it could not work for the Bulls. First of all, I want to compare the players, right? So Isaac Okoro uh, is 21 years old. He's 6'5". He's 225 pounds. He's more of a, of a small forward. Um, he's under his rookie contract one additional season uh, longer than than Kobe White. So we could push that. We know if Kobe White stays on this team to the end of the season is that we will have to make a decision on extending him a qualifying offer. If we're going to match anything, we can actually push that off an additional season uh, with Isaac Okoro. So, you know, there's there is some benefits there. But uh, Isaac Okoro last season in 2021-22, he averaged 29 minutes per game on 48% overall shooting from the field, 31% shooting from three-point range. He did that at shooting about two uh, three-point attempts per game. Uh, he had three rebounds, uh, averaged three rebounds per game and 1.8 assists per game. He had a player efficiency rating of 10.39 and a defensive rating of 112.7, which is which is solid, right? It's not great. It's definitely not terrible. That is a very solid uh, defensive rating. And so looking at Isaac Okoro and the type of player he is, right, and how he could potentially fit on this Bulls team, being that he's he's 6'5 slash 6'6, depending on where you look look for him, listed at ESPN and NBA.com actually have it listed a little bit differently. Um, his salary is right up there with Kobe White's, uh, both at $7 million. So it could be even a uh, trade there. But he's a He's still only 21 years old, so still a very young player. He hasn't quite found his offensive game yet. So bringing him in, and, and because of that, like he has, he also isn't a defensive stopper. So at that point, you're you're trading Kobe White's offensive potential for a, a player who hasn't really doesn't even have, I would say, their their niche in the NBA yet. He's still trying to find that. He very well could. Again, not by any means a terrible scorer at all. But when you look at the fact that he's starting, uh, looking at the fact that uh, you know, he didn't average uh, that many points per game at all just because of, you know, him being in that starting lineup. He averaged 8.8 .8 points per game um, in that. So <sighs> he's an interesting player, right? Like I said, there's there's some benefits outside of just basketball that come in there financially and things for the Chicago Bulls. But let's compare that to Kobe White's 2021-22 season. So Kobe White for the Chicago Bulls last season averaged 29 minutes per game uh, at 48% shooting from the field, 31.5% shooting from three-point range, um, and uh, I'm sorry, 36.5% uh, uh, from three-point range. Uh, he he got, did that, though, at 5.8 attempts per game, so over double the amount of attempts per game that uh, Isaac Okoro had. He also averaged 3.5 assists, 3.6 rebounds, and had a PER, player efficiency rating, of 
12.60, which is actually better than Isaac Curls. That with the efficiency rating, you want that to be higher. Defensive rating, you want it to be lower. Kobe White's defensive rating was 106.9 on the defensive end of things. And so really looking at this, right, looking at this trade for what it is, I can't say that I like this trade. I like the idea if 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 the Bulls just know, hey, and especially if Dalen Terry comes along, uh, if they say, hey, we just kind of want to move on from Kobe, we want to get a player that's going to be under under uh, uh, con- contract control a little bit longer, maybe uh, and be a little bit younger. I can kind of see that going. But then again, when you're looking at it, is everything that Isaac Okoro is, is that not we, what we want Dalen Terry to be right? When you look at the when you look at the measurables, like with with Dalen Terry, um, a lot of that, you know, we, we're we're getting that from him. Dalen Terry already taller, six uh, six seven. He's one hundred and ninety five pounds, so he does weigh a little bit less. But I, we do expect him to put on that NBA weight to kind of get up there, play more of that three. So when I look at it, right, especially the fact that Isaac Okoro is is uh, has been a starter so far in his NBA career, moving him to the bench could it be more effective? Could it be less effective? I don't like the idea, especially when you look at this trade and giving up two additional second round picks. Keep in mind, this isn't the Gar Pax era in which second round picks were looked at as invaluable. We have a player on this team that is damn good, right? And is projecting to be damn good because of a second round pick. And we'll see what happens with Marco Simonovic as well. But the Bulls, what this Bulls team or this front office and how they value second round picks how they use second-round picks, the fact that they do seem to look very high into the draft. They 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 try to get the most value out of that. If it was the Garpax era, I would look at the second-round picks as almost throw-ins, right? I would just look at it like, okay, if that's the cost to do business. But because of this front office, and this, this being a front office that not only values their second-round picks, but also uses them effectively, I don't like the trade and, and the package that we're sending back to Cleveland in this case, in my opinion. I just don't think that this is an overall good package for the Chicago Bulls because you're giving up a play the better player in Kobe White let's just be be clear here right yes Isaac Okoro is a starter yes Isaac Okoro is better defensively you're giving up the Kobe White is a better player than Isaac Okoro right now that doesn't mean he's going to be that even with Kobe White's inconsistencies and this is one of the things with, with as a fan of a team is that we do like I said we either overvalue or undervalue our own players um and I think that Kobe White, because of his inconsistencies, which I understand that being a thing, he's starting to become that undervalued and people are just acting as if Kobe White is trash and he's not. Now, looking at the teams, could the Bulls use another defensive player coming off the bench? Absolutely, right? Isaac Okoro stepping in and he'll probably also being his height play some four in this and just knowing Billy Donovan. But with that being said, yes, Isaac Okoro is a much better defensive player. And I think projection wise too, the fact that there's an age gap between them, but not a significant one. If Isaac Okoro was three years younger than Kobe White, I would say, hey, even comparing the offense, you know, we don't know what that's going to be. So let, let's, 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 we can't really take that into, into consideration. But the fact that they aren't that far apart in age, there's only about a year and a half difference between them. The fact that Isaac Okoro in a more solid and consistent starting role did not put up the numbers that Kobe White did. Now, the defensive efficiency ratings are, are considerably better in the in the in the the size of uh in the side of Isaac Okoro when you look at Isaac having 112 defensive rating whereas Kobe White has 116 defensive rating the, the efficiency is there now defensive rating isn't everything but again and Isaac Okoro comes in as a, at a position of need for the Chicago Bulls where we need a little bit more depth on that wing and less guards on the team um and then Cleveland could very well use a scoring punch off the bench but guess what the Chicago Bulls can use a scoring punch off the bench too rating uh ranking 29th in, in uh, bench scoring last season. So with that being said, this trade, the way that it's presented at least, 
as of right now, it would get a no from me, right? It would get a no from me. I don't, I don't like the idea of this trade. I like the idea of Isaac Okoro being on the Chicago Bulls, absolutely. But like I said, when you really look at it, we have a younger, than, not considerably, but we have a younger player who's taller with a longer wingspan who, yeah, he weighs a little bit less. He seems to be a better athlete. He's, a, he's more vocal. He's a better defender. At least projection. We got to see Dale and Terry actually do these things. But again, for me, if we're going to trade Kobe White for at a position of need uh, and bring in a small forward or power forward, they have to be able to stretch the floor. That's what we need. They have to be able to shoot the ball. They have to be reliable scorers. And while Isaac Okoro does average almost eight points per game, that's in a starting role. He's not going to start on this team. And he doesn't even project to be a future starter when you look at Dale and Terry. So for that, I have to say no to this, this trade personally. I think that we're undervaluing Kobe White a little bit in this trade, especially when you're saying, hey, let's also t throw in two second round picks. I can't get with this one personally, but you guys can let me know what you think about it down below. All right, we're going to get into the voicemail for this. We actually have one voicemail, a pretty long one from Jim. He gets in depth. Let's go ahead and get into this. Yo, Hayes, I'm just calling in. This is Jim in Bollingbrook. Um, I just have a couple of things that I was thinking. Um, my first thing is I, I listen to pretty much all the Bulls podcasts of all time uh, just because I'm an Uber driver, so constantly delivering food and whatnot. But um, the first thing that I that really, like, grinds my gears about, like, takes that people have about DeMar DeRozan is I, obviously I know that he had an unbelievable year last year, and the chances of him doing the exact same thing and going on a Will Chamberlain efficiency run is very slim. But at the same time, I listen to all these people. I'm not going to – I kind of want to name names, like, but I'm not going to. Uh, but uh, they just think – they sound like the bar is just going to take a massive step back, like it's NBA 2K and, you know, like he's going to lose all his skill and whatnot. And I, I – I just don't see that happening. I see him, like, he's going to come into his second year with the same coach, same teammates mostly. You know, that chemistry is going to be built up. He's going to know how to play with Zach better, you know. And, wait, you know, he might not average the same amount of points, but people need to think if he's not doing that, he's going to be able to do much up, like many other things, you know, orchestrate the offense, up those assist numbers, maybe get a couple more rebounds per game things like that. And I also, like with DeMar, something that really interests me would be running him at the five and then just facing everybody else out, like, you know, at the three-point line. Like, if you had DeMar playing the five and you just had him run the offense, Joakim Noah style, I feel like that, I know it's different, but I feel like that would be awesome. And he's in his, you know, he's in a spot already. And uh, you just surround him with, like, Lonzo and Kobe and, like, uh, who knows, maybe Pat, obviously, and then uh, Caruso. Like, that would be – that sounds like an awesome lineup to run out there. And another thing that I was thinking is another year of uh, uh, practice, you know, all this practice and all these uh, games that – all these uh, – Jesus Christ, I can't talk. All these pro-am games that, you know, Galen Terry and Pat and all the work that Kobe and all our young guys have been putting in, it's going to pay off. And even if, if we get just a little more production out of people like Io, Kobe, and Pat, it's going to make this team way the fuck better. And one of them 
one of the three is, are going to take a jump. All right, Jim. Thank you. I think I said Jeff earlier. I meant Jim. Uh, thank you, Jim, for leaving that voicemail. Now, first thing up, the question, is DeMar DeRozan going to take a step back this season? And while I understand some people thinking that, right, I understand some people having that concern and wondering, hey, what, what really is DeMar DeRozan going to look like for the Chicago Bulls next season? But as I've been saying and been pretty vocal about, honestly, is that looking at De- De- DeMar DeRozan and his game, the fact that it's not really built off athleticism anymore, there's some of that, right? It's not like he's out there an old man where he still can't jump and, and get around and he's still not quick. He may not be the fastest player, but DeMar DeRozan is quick. Um, but with, with that being said, like, it, would there be, should we, Worry about a step back? I would say that as a basketball fan and somebody who's watched the game long enough, a player that's going to be 33 coming off the back end of their best statistical season of their career, there's a there's some reason to worry about a step back there. But then when you look at the actual way DeMar DeRozan plays, right, outside of age, where you look at the fact that his footwork is what is and his craftiness in that mid-range um, is really what gets him a lot of the points, it gets him to the line. It, it makes him efficient. Like, yeah, and to Jim's point, he's probably not going to have the same numbers that he had last season. It's hard to get 28 uh, points per game, 5.2 rebounds, 40, uh, I'm sorry, not 40, 4.9. So basically five assists and have a PER of 23.13 in your age 33 season, right? It's 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 only some of the upper echelon of players do that. But the, the fact that DeMar DeRozan, how he grows his game, looking at like how effortless has become to DeMar, DeMar's at that, at that point to where his body is not falling off, but he's at the peak mental condition of a basketball player. So, yeah, I don't think that he's going to have a significant fall off, even if his numbers do drop off some. I think that's going to come from the nature of Zach stepping up and taking a bigger role, Patrick Williams being ready to take a bigger role, Zoe, if he's healthy, taking more of a, of a bigger role in the half-court offense. We're going to see DeMar DeRozan still be a huge part of this Chicago Bulls team. It's going to happen. And I think he's going to still be successful. But I do understand some people thinking and worrying, hey, there may be a step back here. But then you also have people that are only stat watchers. And if DeMar DeRozan comes in next season at 25.8 points per game, all they're going to say is, oh, DeMar fell back. And not because they don't actually watch the game. DeMar DeRozan can get 25 points per game next season, but still have as big of an impact as what he did last season. It's not all based off numbers. DeMar DeRozan's impact on this team with the way that the offense goes through him, the way that he does have that he does do a lot of the ball handling in the half court. DeMar is going to have a big season for the Chicago Bulls next season. Now, if a fall off does come, right? Let's say that there because there is a chance of that. I think that chance is if I had to put it at a percentage, I'd say there's probably a 15% chance DeMar has a huge drop off next season. If that huge drop off does happen, which we have seen happen with some players, they literally go from one season to the next. It's not like a gradual. It's literally they they just fall off in the off season. Considering DeMar, I don't expect that to happen, but if it did happen, right? We only have one year left of DeMar's contract at that point. So, it, it's kind of factored in. I think with the way that AK and Eversley and DeMar's they they structured this contract is that if DeMar does have a significant fall off, if he's not able to keep up being that big of a role, listen, he's an expiring contract next season. And so, yeah, we'll have one season then theoretically of bad DeMar, but as we've seen, every expiring contract can be moved, right? And even with that, long long term, that uh, DeMar DeRozan's contract expiring coincides with the, with the new CBA and new, con- new TV contracts that we're going to see a huge increase the Bulls are going to be okay if that does happen. Again, knock on wood. I don't want to wish. I'm not wishing that. I don't think it's going to happen, but there is a chance. And I don't want to talk about it from a, a perspective that there's no chance of that happening because there absolutely is a chance. All right, let's get into the next uh, part of Jim's voicemail. It says, DeMar running the five. Don't like it. 
I'm going to tell you, like, DeMar actually played more minutes at the four than he did at any guard position last season. So that's about as small as, as I see us going. Also, like, we have now, we have the interior passing from Vooch. Marco Simonovic, if he does get minutes, is a solid passer as well. I've talked about Andre Drummond is a better passer than what I think some people will let him be. Now, you don't want to run any offense through uh, through Andre Drummond. You don't want to do that. But again, I don't I don't think we run DeMar at the five any. Hopefully through health, we don't need to as well. I think there's a bigger chance of running Patrick Williams at the at, as a small ball five in some lineups and then letting him do some of the ball handling that he hasn't gotten to do much in his career and surrounding him with shooters because he's also a solid shooter. I like the idea of that. More than I like the idea of DeMar DeRozan running the five. Um, keep DeMar. I, I don't want to see. It. I don't like. Don't get me wrong. I say that I don't want to see it, and then watch Billy Donovan run it in like a game against the Warriors, and we go on like a, a, a eighteen and, and six stretch and win the game or something, and I have egg on my face. But as far as DeMar DeRozan running the five, I don't like to see it. If anything, if we do a small ball five lineup. I would rather see Patrick Williams running that five because of his passing ability, uh, that what we've seen when he does handle the ball, things like that. I think that offers more of a matchup issue while still maintaining some size with his wingspan and things like that and his strength. That's what I would like to see. All right, Jim had another point. Let's go ahead and get into that one. Patrick Williams, Io, or Kobe White making a jump this season. Now, I did do a video on this on who's more likely to make a jump. What I'll say is that the Bulls win either way of this, right? If Patrick Williams takes his leap this season, it's huge. It's huge. That completely changes the dynamic of the starting lineup and what we can expect. And if Lonzo isn't healthy, can help offset that a little bit. Io DeSumo making a leap. What he's going to mean for this team, possibly being the starting point guard if Lonzo isn't ready to go, being, being a ball handler off the bench. We already know that we've barely scratched the surface of the offensive potential. Io flashed in Illinois. There's a huge chance for that. But then the, the outside, the chance that Kobe White makes a jump this season. Kobe White, first full. Um, uh, offseason, being healthy, his first training camp, knock on wood, nothing happens. He'll be, go, get his first training camp um, in his NBA career going into his fourth season, which is wild when you think about that. Kobe White's still fairly young as well. And Kobe White, and what he flashes when he's good is, is already like something that the Bulls absolutely need in looking at bench scoring. So looking at all those things, I will say this, the Bulls win either way. When you look at Kobe White, if he makes a jump this season, gets more consistent, for those that want to trade him at the trade deadline, it opens the door for that a little bit more. For those that want to see Kobe White really get a chance and stick on this team, it gives him a little bit, it gives that a little bit more chance because I'll tell you what, if Kobe White does come on, let's say Kobe White comes into the season, gives you a solid 13 to 14 points off the bench with consistent shooting, no more of the zero for four and five games that we get from him at times. Kobe White is going to be worth the money that it's going to cost to re-sign him. Next season, him being a restricted free agent, he's going to be worth it, period. Because that completely changes the dynamic of this bench and allows you to get a little bit more free-flowing with how you run this team. I'll tell you what, if if the Bulls win hugely, if we get two out of these three players making a leap this season, if you get Patrick Williams and Io, Io and Kobe, Kobe and Patrick Williams, any of that combination of, of those things happening, is the, it literally takes this Bulls season that many are predicting the Bulls to be a middling team, get less than 50 wins, and it turns that on its head because at that point in time, you're looking at uh, players. If two of those players make leaps in the same season in their roles, right, respective to their roles, that changes so much for the Chicago Bulls team. And that's that 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 then is when we can start talking about getting out that first round. So, you know, it's it's interesting thing there. I do think that at least one of them does make a, a considerable improvement, a leap that may not come just by the nature of how this offense runs for Patrick Williams for a while. Io. 
he's 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 going to be playing point guard for us and guard in general is going to be having the ball in his hands a little bit more just by the nature of the position like i said kobe white if he does take a leap and i know a lot of bulls fans aren't hopeful and don't want to bet on that and i understand why but if he does take a leap you're looking at some big changes for the chicago bulls and the bulls maybe and even with that if io makes a considerable leap this season let's say it is io and kobe let's just because they're not giving up on even if patrick williams doesn't make a leap they're not giving up on patrick williams at the end of this season so let's say it's io and kobe who make a leap this season Let's say Io makes a leap defensively where he is clearly a great defender off the bench and he's giving you about 10 points per game, 10, 11, 12 points per game off the bench with efficient shooting and scoring, doing, getting better assists, playmaking a little bit better. But then you get Kobe White becomes a consistent scoring punch off the bench for the Chicago Bulls, consistently giving you 12, 13 points off the bench with high efficient scoring. No more of those, those bad nights. I'll tell you what. Yes, Io and Kobe together. The fact that you can spread them out some, when it comes time for Alice Caruso's contract to be up, it may raise some questions there. If that happens in this world, because yeah, while, while Caruso's great and was everything that he was advertised to be when he's out there, if you have a younger player in Iota Sumo who has to get an extension this summer and is going to get that extension, you have to start kind of looking at things because that's a lot of money then at that guard position. So we'll see what the Chicago Bulls do. We'll see. Again, I don't like to speculate too much because that's too much up in air of things that could happen. But there are a lot of things that could happen when you talk about progression and how that changes the Bulls' plans next offseason remains to be seen. But that is it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, you can leave us a text and our voicemail. The number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And we are now in our... Fourth week, I believe, of dropping videos seven days a week. And that's because of you guys and how you support this channel. I appreciate and love you guys so much. Like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break, Break Media.